Welcome to First Love Online Church with Nyral and O.C. Burnett. Flock is a ministry of First Love Fellowship whose mission is to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can support the mission of First Love Fellowship by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Open up your Bibles as Pastor Naro speaks on faith and praise. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for the sacred opportunity, Lord, to to do your work. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you give us ears to hear what your spirit wants to say. I ask, Lord, that you give us hearts not just to hear your word, but to do the word. And I pray, Lord God, that as we do the word, that we that we become those who are able to bring blessing and favor and light into this dark world. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that your word will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you please, even as we speak faith, even as we speak and declare our trust in you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to First Love Online Church this morning. Um, we have, we have, a. we're still talking about faith. We're still diving right into what God says in his word about these things. And if you've, if you've been listening, you'll know that we were talking about how a person's devotional life affects several things. And, and remember, if you are a believer, one of the, the, I think the, the uh, proverbial Achilles heel of, of the believer is indeed the lack of a prayer life, the lack of a devotional life. Because if you don't have these things, it's like they, they everything else in your spiritual life falls apart. It fails. Everything falls short because if, if you don't have that devotional life, you don't have that time you've taken set aside deliberately so that you can talk to God, your Savior. And so as a result, if you're not hearing, if you're not receiving from God, there's very little that you can actually put out into the world uh, based on this word. And so, as you know, we've been talking about how the devotional life, um, it, it inspires direction. That's one thing that the devotional life does. Uh, the second thing it does is it fuels diligence. Like, you know, the Bible says he becomes poor who deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. OK. And, and so if we're going to indeed be able to walk in faith, we have to walk in the diligence that God's called us to. Or literally, we won't see the results, the, the intended results of our faith. And so we, we have to be very careful. Finally, the last time we spoke, the last time we were on this, this, this first love online church, we talked about how it governs desire. And we spoke a lot about holiness and, and that's holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Listen, be very careful. See, holiness is a, a priority issue. It's not an optional issue. The holiness part, it, it says in, in, in Matthew 5, it tells us that, that, you know, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So if you're in a place in life right now where you're not seeing God, where you're not seeing the move of God or or watching him doing anything in particular in your life. Your, your prayers are falling flat. You've got to watch, watch your actual walk with God. What are you actually doing? Um, 
we talked about how how you know David said you know he would not offer unto God something that cost him nothing and 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 that can be related to the life of the Christian who's who's not walking in holiness like I don't want someone who's praying for me but they've got a spiritual life that's not costing them anything like there's no price that they're being that they've they've actually paid in order to 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 think they can pray pray for me you know to be carnally minded it says in the scripture is death like like what what value then is the prayer of a person who is carnal James even tells us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So what about the effectual fervent prayer of a carnal man? See, that, that's what I mean. Like, if we want our faith to work, there is a certain walk that God is expecting us to walk. There is a certain separation because when you're holy, you are separated for a purpose. You, you, you've set things aside for a particular reason. And, and that reason is that you might be able to commune with God and he can commune with you so that you would have something to offer. That's why even when it comes to things like secret sin and, and strongholds that, that many of us deal with, um, it's easy to fool everyone around you, but you cannot fool God. And you cannot fool. It's like Jesus said, you know, by their fruit, you shall know them. And your walk has a direct relationship with the fruit that you that you are able to walk in. And so as we go on, we're going to continue today. We're going to talk about faith and praise. But before we do that, I would like to, uh, first of all, uh, acknowledge and 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 uh Wish everyone a, a, a happy holiday season, Merry Christmas, and I have an Advent reading um, to read today. At the Advent, of course, speaks of the coming of Christ, and each week there's a, a scriptural emphasis. This week is hope, week two is peace, week three is joy, week four is love. That'll be on Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Day, of course, the focus is all about Christ. So I want to read the scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and then verse 6 through 7, and it says here, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That is the reading for Advent week one. And of course, as you know, we are looking forward to the Christmas holiday season and expecting God to do some great things. One thing I love about the Christmas holiday season is that it is that time of the year where the message of the church all comes together and we all begin to say similar or the same thing that a savior is born who is christ the lord it's like the the central idea of all of our messages comes together even with all of our differences and and disagreements that we may have if you are a christian you know god with us emmanuel is here and so thank god that we're able to acknowledge and celebrate that that Advent, along with and in the context of the larger and greater body of Christ around the world. All right. Now, 
I hope that by now, many of you have have began writing down your next seven years. I saw something amazing on one body just the other day. Uh, Tommy, uh, actually, Tommy is a the facilitator in Maryland. Actually. Um, put out a spreadsheet with a, a lot of information uh, about that next seven years. I just looked at it and smiled L like, listen, we, we have to write down our next seven years. Think about it this way. The next seven years are so significant that my daughter, Lydia, who's 10 years old, by the time your seven years are fulfilled, she will be 17 years old, graduating high school if she hadn't done so already and headed out into the world of, of college or, or whatever it is she's going to study. Like she'll go from being a 10-year-old girl to a young lady at 17 years old. This is a significant amount of time. And I believe that God has, has, has put it in our hearts to listen, stop, stop responding. Stop responding to the past. I think a lot of times we as Christians, we spend so much time trying to, trying to deal with the past that we actually neglect our future. We try to heal the past. We try to we try to make the past make sense. And we allow everything that happened in our past to stop us and stall us from being able to move forward in the future. And I think the Bible says something about that. I think Paul did say, he said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before us. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Like, listen, don't don't allow friends, don't allow the past to rob you of your future. Don't allow your your trying to figure out the past to rob you of where God is taking you in your future. See, there are some things just to to really. I, I want to make this clear. There are some things that have happened in the past. You simply will not get the answer to. It simply it will not make sense. You'll never make sense of it. You may not even be able to build bridges again because of what, what has happened in the past. You can have all the forgiveness in your heart that you want. You can say, I've moved on, all those different things. But you, you, you just there are some things that have happened in the past that you simply cannot change or fix. And so Paul tells us, forget. Forget those things which are behind us. Let's move forward. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things are passed away and we forget those things we move forward especially when it comes to people we move forward by way of forgiveness we move forward by way of mercy because we can't make sense of everything there are some things in life that have happened and they just happened and um and we have to move forward so don't allow your past to rob you of your future. So the next seven years, we talked about those next seven years a few weeks ago and the things that can happen in that time span that, that are, are, are simply like life-changing, right? So if you're a high school graduate in seven years, you could be a doctor. In seven years. I'm sorry, if you're a college graduate in seven years, you could be a doctor. If you're a high school graduate or with a GED in seven years, you could have your, your, your uh, master's degree. That's within the next seven years. You, you can be one of those people that can't sing. There's a lot of us who, who can't sing, right? Um, you can be that person, and yet in seven years, you can become a concert pianist and singer and soloist. In seven years. 
it is very much possible that you know you may be mediocre in your athletic ability if you're younger and 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 in seven years you can be you know the best possible athlete your body is capable of being and that's really across ages right like i'm 50 years old now by the time i'm 57 i could just get better and better and better over seven years and so can you in in seven years you know you 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 can completely raise a teenager in seven years by going year by year from 13 to 19 that's seven years and so i want you to take it very seriously let's let's get to the place friends where we're taking ownership of our future taking ownership i think what we've learned to do is we've taken ownership of the past and we're trying to solve it and we're letting the future be what it may so what i'm asking us to do take ownership of the future and once you take ownership of it let us put it in god's hands let us cast our cares upon him because he cares for us so i want today to look now at hebrews chapter 11 because as i mentioned earlier we're talking about faith and praise and there is a place that praise holds in our lives uh, when it comes to our walk with god that it's not first of all let's get this out the way praise Oh, just one second. We have to we have an interruption here. My apologies for the the interruption, the brief interruption. We had some technical difficulties here, um, but we're going to we're going to dive right back into the scripture. I was going to let's open up our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We are talking about faith and praise. And so. In Hebrews 11, we're going to start at verse 1, where the Word of God is actually defining faith. It says here, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I want to stop there just to, to remind us that when you are walking in faith, this is indeed, you'll see later on, something that pleases God. You get a good report. That, that there's 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 two things in Jesus ministry that made him marvel. There's two things. The one one thing that made Jesus marvel was faith. When he saw when he saw faith in operation, he marveled. But the other thing in Scripture that made Jesus marvel, like, how can you wow the all knowing God? Right. The other thing that made Jesus marvel was the lack of faith. It was either faith or the lack of faith that actually surprised Jesus. And so it says here that by the by this faith, the elders obtained a good report. It says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And so I, I want us to keep our, our finger there because think about think about something like like Jupiter. Right. The entire planet Jupiter. It appears we can see it in the sky when we use a telescope at night. Right. Well, that entire planet, the largest planet in our solar system, was made not by God reaching in his pocket and putting it together. It says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The speaking and declaration was the act of creating. God creates with his words. And so that's why the things which are seen are not made of things which do appear because words 
don't appear. You can't see words. And yet everything was made with words. Everything was made with the word of God. All right. So it says here, by faith, Abel offered up unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift and by it, uh, he being dead yet speaks. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for uh, before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Without faith, though, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently. See, there's that word again, that word diligence, where if you want to operate in faith, this is not a relaxed posture. To, to function in faith is not something you sit back and, and, and just relax and try to accomplish. No, functioning in faith means that there is a certain radical attitude that we have to have. And, and, and so he says he rewards those that diligently seek him, not haphazardly or occasionally, but diligently. By faith, Noah, being warned with warned of God that things not, not seen yet, Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place which he should. After received for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing where he was going. That's another thing about faith. We don't always know. We cannot always see the end product from the beginning. We just don't. God does, but we don't. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So Abraham, when he was called of God, when God promised that he'd be the father of many nations, he was looking for something further on. It says here, through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive, uh, uh, conceive seed and was delivered of, delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's good for some of you older folks who think that your day is over. Sarah was able to deliver when she was past age because she judged him faithful who promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Listen to this now. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. So they operated in faith and did not receive. They operated in faith. They took the hits. They took the sacrifices and they kept on going. And they did not receive the promise because there was something afar off and they were persuaded of it and they embraced it and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from where they came from, they might have just returned back to where they were. But now they desire a better country that is a, a heavenly one where God is not ashamed to be called their God and has prepared for them a city. Now, listen, if we are operating in faith, let us remember that there is an eternal value in everything we do. 
that the operation of faith must never, ever, ever be limited to this earth and earthly things. That's right. If you are operating in faith and trusting God for a, a jet airplane, a, a, some big, you know, huge thing, understand you ought to be wanting that thing for an eternal purpose. If you're wanting a million dollars, a billion dollars from God, if you want God to bless you with a billion dollars, it's not so that you can buy a bigger vacation home. It's because there is an eternal purpose. Now, listen, God, he promised Abraham an entire nation. That's big. That's huge. But Abraham even understood there is something bigger than my being rich. There's something bigger than my having sheep and goats and lamb and real estate. He's looking for a bigger uh, 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 city whose builder and maker is God. All right, it says here, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and Joseph and worship leaning on his staff. So you can you can actually bless. You can bless by faith. You, you know what that looks like. It's when you it's when you bless your children, for example. Um, you know, you may you may bless your children. They may not look anything like what you're what you're speaking over their lives at the moment. Their lifestyle may not reflect anything like what you're you're hoping for. Nothing they're doing right now. However, you bless by faith. Your child, and I feel in my spirit to say this to someone, your child may have taken a turn. Your child may have taken a turn for the worse. It may seem hopeless, but you still, by, by, by faith, you bless that child. You bless them. And, and one of the biggest things that parents do for their children, this is fathers, but it can also be mothers, right? You tell them who they are. That's what happened when the children of Israel were blessed. They were told who they were. And so if you're struggling with your child right now, I want you to be sure that when you speak to them, you remind them of who they are. Don't focus on their past. You, by faith, look toward the future. You focus on that future. That's for somebody, and I hope you're grasping onto it. I hope you're getting it. Your child will become that thing in Jesus' name because you're blessing them by faith. All right. By faith, Joseph, verse 22, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning Moses. Now, Moses, by faith, he, he was, uh, when he was born, was hidden three months of his parents because they saw he was a, a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Then Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy pleasures of sin for a season. So can you suffer by faith? Oh, yes, you can suffer by faith, and it's a good thing to suffer by faith. All right, it is a great thing, okay, because there's blessing associated with faith every time. He says, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So, wait a minute, hold on. What do you mean? It says here that Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ. Was Christ around in Moses' day? Well, he wasn't in a flesh, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just find it interesting that wording there. He says the 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 reproach of Christ. So 
Anyway, let's, let's keep on going. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Egypt represents the world. Egypt represents the world and worldliness. Egypt represents the sin of this world. It says, by faith, he left Egypt. Friends, listen. By faith, we also have to leave Egypt. By faith, we also have to come out of, out of the, the, the snare and the entrapment of the sin in this world. Some people say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to separate myself from that. You know, I don't know how to remove myself from the world and worldliness and all the sin that's associated. Well, this is what's done by faith. You don't know what your life is going to look like. Do this by faith. Walk away from Egypt. Walk away from the world and worldliness and carnality. God will do something great. He says here, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. All right. Through faith, he kept the Passover and a sprinkling of blood, uh, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, um, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab or Rahab uh, perished not with them that believed, not when she had perceived the spies with peace. All right. And he says here, what, sh what more shall I say? The time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, of Jephthah, David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdom, kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong. They became valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the foreigners. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better promise. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings and, and bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn asunder, tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Listen, when you, whenever you read the Old Testament, you have to understand these people took some major falls in order to point to the promise. And that promise has always been Christ. Jesus Christ was the promise. We just read the Advent about the, the people who have been in darkness have seen a great light. This is what they were all pointing to. It was to Christ. But in their day, they operated in faith knowing that a promise was coming. And so as a result, they put their own lives on the line. And many of them lost their lives standing in faith and being immovable. I think that people who do such things have their eyes on something bigger than the rent and the mortgage see faith faith isn't even worried about earthly things in fact when it's faith and you receive an earthly thing that earthly thing's purpose is to point to eternity it is to point to Christ all right now we understand what faith involves. Faith involves sacrifice. Faith involves the interruption of one's life in order to see that the Lord himself is glorified. 
But I want to go now to Luke chapter one. And I want to talk a little bit, a bit about how we operate in faith. How do you do this? Because it says in the scripture, Hebrews 11, tell, just told us without faith, it is impossible to please God. Which means that there's, there's, it's like if there's anything that God is wanting, Jesus even said it, right? He says, when a son of man returns, will he find faith in the earth? It's like God is looking for faith to come through his people. God, he wants us to operate in faith. He says we walk by faith and not by sight. He, he desires it of us. And for some reason, very often, this is an area of weakness for us. All right, so let's let's get to Luke chapter Luke chapter one. So we have Elizabeth and Mary, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Elizabeth is good and pregnant and, and Mary comes over to visit her and they're all happy talking about what's going on and, and the strange things going on, right? The angelic visitations and and all these things. And so it says Mary arose in those days, verse thirty nine, Luke one, went to the hill country with haste into the city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, that the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's stop there. Because now we know Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost at that moment. So it's like, hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Mary. And all of a sudden, here, here comes that baby jumping and leaping in her womb. And so Elizabeth, being filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke out with a loud voice. We said on Friday, like, I know some people don't like being loud. But it says here that Elizabeth spoke out with a loud voice. Yes, there are times where as believers in Christ, we have to be loud. We have to make declaration. We have to say it with authority and with strength. And it says here, she said, verse 42, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The mother of my Lord. For look, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be. She didn't say there might be. She didn't say maybe. She didn't even say I hope. She said there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a declaration of faith if I've never heard one before. That's it right there. Because her declaration is, first of all, blessing toward the person who believes. And you're blessed because there shall be a performance of those things which were told you from the Lord. Now, in this declaration of faith from Elizabeth, here is how Mary responds. And Mary said, now remember, this is a loud scene. There's no violin music playing in the background. There's no ancient Mesopotamian slow solo that's happening right here. No, this is something where these women are, these are screaming pregnant women and the husband can't speak. He's over there somewhere, Zechariah, he's over there, he still can't talk. He's just looking at them. 
It says, Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. There's a lot of joy. Like Elizabeth was filled with joy. The baby's leaping. Now Mary's talking about, you know, her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. But listen, there's a few things that happen here. Her soul magnified the Lord. Her spirit rejoiced in God, her Savior. I'm not sure how you do that quietly, but I want to go over a few. He haths. He haths. H-A-T-H. Hath. King James language. It says here. Number one, he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. You, you understand that when you're in this in this scene, when Mary is rejoicing and praising God. She's doing so in response to the declaration of faith given by Elizabeth. So so Mary, Mary is doing something special here that I think we need to all learn from. That when you hear the spoken word, that when you hear the faith going forward, what ought to come from you is rejoicing. We don't wait to see something before we rejoice. Did Mary see Jesus? No, she was still pregnant. He was yet in her womb, right? But she rejoiced. She was rejoicing without yet seeing with her eyes the promise. And, and she's responding to her, her Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit and making a declaration. Blessed is she that believes. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Elizabeth declares and prophesies the will of God and Mary's response is rejoicing. But listen, here's what praise looks like. Remember we were talking about children and how if you're a parent, you have to be sure that you tell those children who they are. When you praise God, what you're doing is you are, are committing the act of telling God, declaring who he is. Let us remember in our praises that we are telling him who he is. And, and, and when you praise God, telling him who he is, oh my goodness, it's like there's something about that that stirs God up to bring the answer. Because when you praise, you do so by faith. You ignore how things look and you make a declaration of faith unto God. Lord, you are my healer, even though you feel pain. Lord, you are my provider, even though you don't see where the, 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 the provision is going to come from. Lord, you are the savior of my family. You are the salvation of my children, although your children are walking waywardly. And you give him praise for being that. And you watch God move and do something powerful in your life if you just give God the praise that he is due. See, when we're in Christ... We don't see first and then believe. We believe first and then we see. It's like God just turns the whole thing around. Believe first and then you see. It's not the opposite. You don't say, well, I have to see it before I believe it. No, God, he says in his word, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk according to what we see. 
We rejoice. We get excited because of what God has said. We, we, see, we, we say, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her. What God has said. We get excited about what God has said. If we're going to walk in faith, we must get excited about what God has declared. Now, Mary, she says this. She says, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. That's one thing that God did for her. That's verse 48. 49. He that is mighty has done to me great things. Verse 51 says, He has shown me strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Verse 52. He has put down the mighty from their seat and exalted them of low degree. Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, verse 54, in remembrance of his mercy. See, what Mary is doing here is she's making a declaration of who God is. She's making the declaration of what he has done before she even sees what she what, what the Lord has done. She's making a declaration of the greatness of God before she even gets to see with her eyes the greatness of God. Jesus had not even been born yet. And yet she's prophesying. So now you've got Elizabeth prophesying. And you've got Mary prophesying. So these two cousins are over here prophesying together. And they don't yet see the promise. What does that mean to you? Can you can you make a declaration of faith that holds eternal value? And yet, even if you don't see the promise yet, you can still praise God. I'm talking about hallelujah, my child is saved. My son is living for Jesus. I know he's out there right now. I know he's all over the place right now, but I, I thank you, Father God. I bless you because you are his salvation. Hallelujah, my daughter belongs to God. I bless you, Lord. You are my provider. I don't care, y'all, if you're eating pancakes for dinner every single night. I bless you, Lord God, because you are my provider. You are the God who blesses. You may feel pain all over your body. You may be getting doctor's reports that are going all over the place. But hallelujah, you, oh God, are my healer. That's how this works. This is how the operation of faith goes forward. And see, I'm sorry. This can't be a quiet thing. We have to learn how to rejoice. What does it say? My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. How do you rejoice? I, I mean, I guess you can rejoice. You can rejoice quietly. But Mary here, this woman has got to be no older than maybe 20. And uh, it just doesn't seem to me like she would just stand there like you should see, see depicted in the movies and... and uh, you know, speak slow, talk low. No, it, it seems to me like these are two cousins. You, yeah, I mean, so, some of you who 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 have uh, extended family that you you have memories with, um, you know, you get together with your cousins, and all of a sudden you turn into twelve year olds again. You're acting crazy. That's what this scene is. These are two kids, 
and and they're 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 all in rejoice mode because they just they're getting visited by angels and, and all time this was not a quiet scene what i'm saying here is that when we're rejoicing in god we have to learn how to let go of our inhibitions and just rejoice in god let your spirit rejoice let your flesh be a slave you know when, when your flesh tries to hold you down from praising god you know, or, or your mind starts to kick in. It doesn't take all that. We, we shouldn't really, you know, they, we don't do that in this denomination, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think those are adequate excuses for God. Listen, no one's going to run you out if you praise God with all, everything in you. What did David say in Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, right? Just in a house church environment, just don't break anything. But other than that, like rejoice in God. I mean, dance, spin, twirl, shout, scream, right? Because you're, 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 you're operating in faith. And you may not see the promise, but you're not rejoicing at what you see. You're rejoicing at what you believe about God. And that's what's important. All right. Just keep in mind that those who came before us paid a dear price. And they did not draw back. What did it say? The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, it says my soul shall have no pleasure in him. All right. Second Corinthians. Let's go to second Corinthians real quick. We're talking about praise, faith and praise. Let's understand this. It says here that, uh, well, let's let's look at First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter four, verse eight. It says, "We are troubled." Ooh, let's go back one verse. Oh, let's go back another verse. Okay, let's uh, verse six, four six, Second Corinthians four six. I just love these verses. For God, who commands the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Whoa. He shines in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face. I mean, if we just walk through that scripture slowly, like what in the world did God do for us? How deep is this thing? It says here, though, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, this is faith right here. The excellency of the power, it is of God and not of us. I don't have to figure out a thing. I don't have to come up with a solution. All I have to do is go on my knees and pray. All I have to do is rejoice in the word of my God. That's, that's, that's how faith operates. They say, so Nara, what are we going to do? What are we going to pray? What's the plan? To seek the Lord. Yeah, but what's the actionable plan? It's to do what he says. Like we go nowhere until we've prayed. I hope that's a lesson to all of us. Like, no, there, there, are, there are many thoughts and plans in a man's heart, but the Lord directs his steps. I want to know what the Lord is saying. It says here, Paul says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. The, now, now, this is how you speak faith. Some people, you know, they, they're afraid to say, like, if they're not, if they have symptoms in their body, you know, they'll say, well, I don't want to say anything because they're afraid to say things that sound like doubt. 
other people they're like oh goodness i got a bump here got a lump there uh, i you know i feel sick I, you know they, they give you the whole list and it's just like oh my goodness like is there any faith but listen to what paul says we are troubled yet not distressed see there's that yet see that means that you can even say listen things maybe th things are pretty slow financially yet i am not poor you see that's how this works we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. See, that's how you speak faith. You don't give the devil any place in your conversation of your tongue. One of the biggest inhibitors of faith is indeed our tongue. We can literally talk our way out of being blessed by the things we say with our mouth. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear, which means that God in his uh, glory has given, has, has, has fulfilled creation with the words of his mouth. And then Jesus says something in Mark. He says, you'll have whatsoever you say. Because God has in his sovereignty given us the ability to operate in faith which is indeed a creative power that God has placed inside of every one of us a measure. No, we are not the creators of the heavens and the earth. We are not like that. But we do have a creative ability in that we can make a declaration according to his will. And indeed, it shall come to pass. That's what First John tells us. This is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, uh, we know that we shall have no it doesn't say shall have it says we know that we have the petition we've desired of him we have it so so here listen watch your mouth watch what you say about yourself don't help the devil defeat you the devil is saying enough negativity the enemy is setting enough discouragement uh to all by himself so let's let's not help him by what we say ourselves. We have to be very careful that the words of our mouth are are of faith and not of 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 doubt and unbelief. It says, "For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, and that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh." So then, death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So what is this spirit of faith? The spirit of faith is this. I believe. Therefore, I have spoken. There it is. You believe. And therefore speak. That's why what Elizabeth said was so profound and powerful. Blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance. I believe, therefore I have spoken. And you need to look at the span of your life. If you've written down your next seven years, you need to really go to God about this. Don't make some business plan. Go to God. Seek his face. What does he put you on this earth to do? And write these things down step by step, day by day. I believe, therefore I've spoken. See, we have to, we have to give God our future. Stop spending and wasting so many years trying to figure out the past. 
A lot of us do this. We spend far too much time dwelling on yesterday. And I understand yesterday was terrible. Yesterday was horrible. But somehow or another, God in his sovereignty and his grace enabled us to forget those things which are behind. He enabled us to say, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's the battle. It's the battle to move forward and not allow your past to drag you every single day. Listen, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. You have to be careful not to allow the enemy to, to, to take over the conversation that goes on inside of your mind concerning everything that God's put you on this earth to be. The enemy will try to interrupt the conversation so you can be thinking about the Lord, thinking about his word, and the enemy will come to you and say, no one in your family has ever been this. No one in your family has ever accomplished what you're trying to do. What makes you think you're better? What makes you think you're better than anybody else? And the response to that, of course, is I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not better at all. My God is magnified through me. My God is big through me. God does great things through his children. It's not about me. The excellency of the power is of God. It is not of me. See, be careful about the conversation that you allow inside your head. It's not about you. It's not about your ability. Don't, don't worry about what you're able to do. Be more concerned about what you're believing. Be more concerned about what you're declaring and saying over your life. And be more concerned about what you're allowing others to speak into your life. I believe Therefore, I've spoken. That is the spirit of faith. And when you speak faith, what comes with that speaking is my soul does magnify the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. There ought to be a praise that wells up in you. And I'm telling you, it's like, it's like you know, you can... You know how it says, ask, seek, and knock, like asking it shall be given, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be open. It seems to me like, uh, listen, I, I'm not going to try and defend this theologically. It's just, maybe this is just my opinion. It's like praise kicks the door open. Praise kicks the door open like, like, like this is my God, right? Like I'm glorifying and blessing and honoring him. Praise, it's like it, it does something in your spirit and it solidifies your faith where you are immovable. And one thing the enemy tries to take out of your mouth, when he's fighting you, he tries to take away your praise. Today, don't let it happen anymore. As we enter into this holiday season, it is said that during the holiday season, more people commit suicide than any other time of the year. People deal with depression. They deal with family issues. They deal with offenses, awkward conversations with distant relatives. I get it. This holiday season, let's allow praise to define everything we do. I know the enemy is going to attack and raise up his ugly head. I understand. I, I get it. I've seen the enemy raise up his ugly head during the holiday seasons more times than I can be happy about. But let's allow the praises of God. Let's allow that to define this holiday season. On this first day of Advent, we're talking about hope. Let's rejoice in hope. Let's rejoice. Let's glorify God. Let's remember that if we hold on to our hope, if we hold on to our faith, 
if we praise God in the midst of it all, we will see a performance of the things that God has already declared. We will see a performance of it all. And it's going to be blessed. Amen? I think that's all I've got for today. Except this one more thing. It's hard to say all this about faith and not briefly talk about saving faith. If you've never known Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never come to salvation through his blood, today is the day to do that. Today is the day to repent of your sins. Walk away from your own way of doing things. Let everything go and trust in the one who died on the cross to take away the righteous wrath of God that you deserved and place it upon himself so that you could be free from sin. The interest of God is that he separate you from the guilt of your sin and to separate you unto holiness towards himself. If that's you this morning, I want you to pray a prayer to God and say, Lord, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I, if you've done this before, you can say, I rededicate my life to you. I repent of my sin to separate myself from the world and embrace the cross of Jesus Christ. And if that's you, I want to tell you this also. Prioritize coming to church. Prioritize finding yourself among like-minded believers who trust in Jesus. Church is important and it matters. Let's never forget that. Some people say, well, you can love God and not go to church. Yeah, well, you can be married and never be home. That doesn't mean you're going to have a happy marriage. You know, you can be a father and not be home for your children. How's that working out for you? No. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you need to be going to church. You need to prioritize going to church. Amen. All right. Um, Thank you again. Uh, I, I would like to, if you, uh, in, to encourage you to support the mission and vision of First Love Fellowship. We are indeed winning the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, missional living, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just lost my train of thought. I, I skipped it. That's why. <laughs> unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. Uh, we are winning the church to Christ. Uh, listen, if you want to give, you can go to wearefirstlove.com. Uh, wearefirstlove.com. And you can go to the giving link there. And um, thank you. Please give generously because we have lots and lots to do for the kingdom, especially during this holiday season. So anyhow, be blessed. Thank you so much for everything, for, for showing up. And we will see you next time. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Your generous support enables us to continue to fulfill our mission to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can offer additional financial support by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Always remember your first love. He gave
Step 